remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. Are you ready to say yes, 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 <laughs> yes to spirit? <laughs> Woo! Apparently, yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm a little frightened not to say yes, actually. Uh, say yes to spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Tracy Brown, practitioner for Center for Spiritual Living, Dallas, Texas. Tracy that had her me. installation last night. We were all very excited about that. And it was an interesting thing that I forget which one of the ministers said it, but they talked about being a practitioner. You are the consciousness in the room, and that when uh, the ultimate thing that means is that uh, regardless of what's happening around you, that you bring heaven, even if hell is the human experience. Oh, I love that that uh, Kathy Hearn quote of, uh, yeah, the practitioners are the people who, in the uh, when it appears mm-hmm. that there is hell, mm-hmm. that they claim heaven. Right. In right. this place, in this time, in this place, in this situation. Yeah. And when you think about it, encouraging you on your spiritual path, our little tagline is it's very much like that. Because yes. I think if if we're in a crisis, if I'm in a crisis and I choose to be around people that are all in a crisis, you know, we're just going to get more and more caught up in that human condition. So if I can be in a crisis and, you know, claw my way to somebody that can stay in that truth, <laughs> right, that I'm much uh, more likely to get out of that crisis much That's more quickly. Right. And, and that is what the spiritual path is, choosing. Right. Choosing whatever's going on along the way, whether it's high highs or low lows, choosing to see the presence and having awareness of God and Spirit through whatever it is. Right, right. Which actually, oh, go go ahead. ahead. No, I'll remember mine. Oh, which actually is a good (laughs) connect into what our theme is this week, which Mm. is celebration. Because when we're encouraging or encouraging ourselves and others on this spiritual path, just like in the times that feel like hell, mm. standing in that in that presence and knowing mm-hmm. when there are times that seem like heaven and you know you're really excited about it, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. But even in the celebration, you see or you have the opportunity to see God working in that. So I think this week is celebration. Now, what were you going to say? Celebration, exactly right. And it was that was what we were doing last night with you. Um, I, I was thinking about when they again going back to the installation. It was really impactful for me to hear the stories of all that y'all went through for that. I guess I had never really considered that it's a four or five year process yes. through the introduction classes and then a year long class and then a year long class followed up and then your testing. And so it's a four- or five-year process, and I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the Tibetan monks that I talked about last week and, you know, that they have made a lifetime journey of that. Mm-hmm. And then 
There was one woman at the uh, Center for Spiritual Living yesterday that was installed as a minister. So you would think, what, seven, eight, nine years maybe of doing education and and uh, trainings yeah. for her. So and the ministerial training is a minimum of three years. Minimum of three years on top of after the four or so five practitioner. Go, years, right, right. If you do practitioner and you start right away mm-hmm. into ministerial, into the uh, Homes Institute, then yeah, you're talking about seven consecutive years. But most people, like the woman who was installed last night, you know, they've been a practitioner for a while. And then they start. Then they go back into material. Okay. Okay. So late, you know, when people become ministers in science of mind, you know, they often have ten or fifteen years of of the study and mm-hmm. being a practitioner for for a few years. And that's the that's the thing I think that struck me because there was a certain energy level of all of y'all as you were being installed, and it struck me much like the Tibetan monks. You know, they have made a life out of their practice mm-hmm. Tibetan monks and and y'all have, you know, perhaps on other spiritual paths long before you got on this spiritual path, but at least four or five years, seven, eight, nine years for Sharon Lynn, you've made the conscious choice to be on that spiritual path and to practice, you know, and certainly uh, you know, that it comes and goes in, in hills and valleys, but the well, conscious effort or the con- consciousness of the experience that you're having, you know, bringing your awareness back, being around people who bring your awareness back, that really is an extraordinary thing. And you can absolutely see and feel the energy of that last night. I was very much aware of that. And it was absolutely worth celebrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So which exactly right. That's all of that work and all of those questions along the way and all of the ups and downs of it, and uh, absolutely worth celebrating. But, you know, I I really hadn't thought about this in a while, but just now listening to you. So, in general, yes, it takes takes four years to, if you start with the foundations class, it will take four years if you're going through classes straight through. Okay. And um, and actually, since I started the process, they've increased the number of hours, so it definitely will take four years, and that assumes you don't take any breaks, you know, a few weeks here and there. But mm-hmm. the next time a certificate-level class is offered, you're signing up for it. Because you can only degree. take one at a – well, you can only take one course at a time. Mm. So oh, the certificate-level courses. Right, right. So of the classes that lead to that, you can take other classes, but – the classes that are required mm. uh, or that you get credit for in that way leading toward practitioner, you can only take sign up for one of them. Okay. So but but you know what you just said about the 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 experience you had last night, mm-hmm. you know, and like really being able to see and feel that commitment and that mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. I had forgotten but the last time we installed practitioners, mm-hmm. which would have been three years ago, I guess, um, it had an in, such an impact on me. I didn't say I'm going to go be a practitioner, but I said I am really going to take more classes. Mm. 
And by taking more classes, interesting. that led to me ultimately saying, oh, I really am being drawn to this. I really am, be- am being called to live this mm-hmm. process and to help others live it in a different way. Um, and so I think there is something about actually celebrating the accomplishment is not only for those people who've done the work. Mm-hmm. And, and in this case, it is celebration for the whole community that we have inspired and guided another group of people to make this commitment. But I think it does have an individual impact on people who are ready to go to the next level. Ah, that that kind of inner pull because you see it, mm-hmm. and um, and what had happened before the installation for me, the last one three years ago, was earlier when there was a graduation. And I'm pretty sure they were separate. I don't think they were the same night. But it was the graduation. And and in that, the people who had graduated or completed the practitioner class were honored. But their installation then, I think, was later. Um, But I remember in our particular spiritual community in our center, I was so impressed because they asked everybody who had taken foundations, you know, the entry-level certificate class, to come up to the front or to stand up, I don't know. And it was like, you know, I don't know, 100 people. It was a lot of people. And I was like, really? And then they said, okay, everybody who did spiritual practices who completed it in the past 12 months. You know, and it was almost the same number of people, and there were some people who were in both groups. And then they, you know, the, you know, another class, mm-hmm. and there were there were two or three people who had taken like four or five classes in that year, and that was really impressive. And then with every one of the classes, you know, there were all these people standing up, and it dawned on me that day how important education. Is mm-hmm. to truly living your spiritual beliefs, to, to choosing spiritual practices and using them. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't happen by magic. That it's being in the classes, the structure of the classes, and that we were active in a center where our church or our community that was serious about people having the knowledge and the support to really live this stuff. And it's interesting, as you say, the celebration does feed, and I love that, it does feed everyone. If I, if I do something yeah. and we celebrate it, that celebration feeds everyone. Yeah. And that last night certainly was the case, that the celebration itself was feeding the whole community. And it was um, it was, it was palatable for me. I could, I could you know. And what was and and of course in true um, Center for Spiritual Living Dallas culture uh, or tradition to have this really sacred but not heavy but very sacred process the installation of new practitioners the installation of a new minister the um, you know, having that, and that's it was pretty formal, even though it was not heavy or rigid. 
Um, and then to go across the breezeway into the fellowship hall and have food, of mm-hmm. course, nice food, and cake, and dancing. Right. You know, that we can do this is very sacred and we can have fun together, I think is a really good balance. I, to me, it made it much a much more full experience than simply having the service mm-hmm. and then everybody just kind of going their separate ways. And going off, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, when you have that celebration together and then you, uh, and 45 minutes or an hour later, you're uh, doing the Texas two-step and then the Cupid Shuffle, and then there's disco music, and then there's Motown, and, you know, it's kind of like just reinforcing that we can celebrate together, even though we all come from very different directions and are having our own experience. And I'm wondering if in your wisdom and infinite knowledge and, you know, history experience, do you know where celebration comes from? What was the original celebration idea? Why did someone choose to celebrate? <laughs> no, no, no idea. Because I wouldn't even ever think I'm to not, ask that question. I know. I just wondered that. I wondered if it's something innate within us, as as uh, if there's a natural desire to celebrate, or if it was a ritual. You know, because I'm thinking back. You know, as far as I can think back, they had rituals. They had um, different people. Yeah, there were different always cultures extra. always had rituals. Well, celebrating the season, celebrating the harvest, being happy about about things that have happened that have come to pass and patterns. So, I, yeah, I mean, that goes back. But what went through my mind was, if we go back to the Bible, uh-huh. capturing, you know, human experience and in the Old Testament, so not just the Bible, but the Old Testament, which basically all the Abrahamic faiths, or the three Abrahamic faiths, all celebrate. So it's not just Christianity, but Judaism and Islam also Mm -hmm. follow those same stories and prophets. And so, you know, in the Genesis story, where from a formless substance, God says, let there be light, mm-hmm. and there was light, and it was good. So is the it was good? Is and that the was, celebration? I mean, when you were talking, it's like, well, actually, that was, and it was good. That's a good thing. I mean, so that, know, yeah, that's, oh, I like that. Yeah, it's I honoring it, uh-huh. but it's uh-huh. celebrating uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, let there be light. There is light, and it is good. That as simple as that connection is stop and notice. Acknowledge, right. Stop and notice and be glad for yes, it. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, I think that's the key, to acknowledge, to, to be glad for it, to to affirm it. And, um, and it's interesting you use the word happy in connection with <laughs> celebration. And I think as the hour matures here, I'm going to have some sort of philosophical thought on that, whether or not celebration is always happy. It's not. But, uh, oh, <laughs> gosh, I could have spent like 10, 12 okay, minutes building up to that. Spent 10, 10, 12 minutes. 
we can spend some time talking about why we know that celebration doesn't always have to be happy. And it is funny I would use that word, right, because I Mm -hmm. usually avoid the word happy because happy is one thing and joy is something else for me. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And the acknowledgement of something good, it is good. It's celebrating it. celebrating it, yes. Look for the good and praise it. Yes. Reverend Marshall likes to say. Yes. So, you know, what I'm noticing is that we are um, 20 minutes almost into our hour, and we've been talking about celebration, which is our theme for this week. We didn't connect the dots. But we did not connect the dots. I should be going into hives and I'm Right, and you're not, like, (laughs) having a panic seizure or a panic Mm -hmm, attack. mm -hmm. So what I would suggest is that we take a little break, <laughs> oh. and then we come back and connect the dots, okay. and then we go back to talking now about Now that you, you brought that up, I have to do it now. There you go. Thank you. Tracy realized that we had not connected the dots, which is something I tend to feel like I need to do. So I don't know if it's a sign of mental health that I didn't even notice that. or Good mental health. Oh, good mental health. There you go. That's breaking. True. Breaking a so, ritual of, uh, there you go. Well, a ritual, you could call it that, or a rut, one or the other. <laughs> I don't know. And the, uh, and the connected dots that I was thinking about during the break is really obvious to me in terms of celebration in nature, in terms of not nature's sun and moon and stars, but nature in terms of my internal natural state, I do believe is a state of celebration. Ooh, I like that. So um, it really is a, a very clear connected dot kind of thing. And in nature whether it be in the city or in the country, uh, that nature does bring out a celebratory kind of experience. Many times um, when you see, when I see something in nature, you know, it, it gives me a sense of celebration. It gives me a sense of awe, which I don't know if necessarily is connected to celebration. but I think it is. Can be, can be, yeah. So very good. So now we connect to the dots. I feel better on an unconscious level. I probably knew that we hadn't done that. So now upward and onward to the actual idea of celebration. And the actual idea of celebrating through spiritual, through spiritual practice, or through, because 
you said something earlier about, you know, um, having feeling like five years ago when you went to the other installation or four years ago, it connected to something within you. The celebration of that connected you, even though you weren't being, quote, unquote, celebrated. And I do think that that connection is accentuated when we're in uh, a celebratory mood. We're acknowledging the good of you. It does, you know, aliven, enliven this, the good in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see in you. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't see anything in you that's not in me, mm-hmm. whether it's something I'm hap- I like or something I don't like. Mm-hmm. I can only see it because you're a mirror of me. So, yeah, that piece of seeing your of seeing what that. Seeing what it means or seeing what it feels like, you know, it's like really your interpretation of that is what it's drawing out from within you. It may not have anything to do with the people or the situation that's being celebrated. Mm -hmm. It's like what is it calling to or speaking to that is already alive within you? Right. Um, I I also loved, loved that the... um, the celebration, well, I already said, I, I really was struck by how it's not just for the individuals being quote-unquote honored, that it really is for the whole community. Um, but I loved that there was that reminder that um, Reverend Dr. Petra Welkes did a reminder at the end that some people's calls is more visible than others, but everybody has a call. Yes. And so there really is something to celebrate about everyone's life. Right. And everyone's choices and everyone's experience. Right. And when we can each be really clear about what we're doing and why, that that's something to be celebrated too. And again, it's acknowledging, I think, acknowledging whatever I'm doing it, it it actually has the impact of creating light out of darkness, and it is good. Whether it is a conversation with a stranger in line, or you know, if it's a coworker that's feeling down, or if it's something that I go out and you know, uh, you know, find a cure to cancer. Each one has the seed of good, and if it's celebrated, if it's acknowledged, you know, that seed feels all warm and fuzzy and feels watered and feels loved, and it's going to grow. And I really think it's funny. When I used to manage a big team of people, I would always be so affirming. And one time one of my self, I don't know, I think it was a nurse, actually, I said, you know, Leslie, you're just always so affirming. It's like we, it doesn't even matter anymore. You're just it's like, you're always saying good things, so it doesn't even count, you know. Right. And I thought that was such a curious comment. And, you know, clearly it was true for her. I mean, my, you're doing a great job. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for doing it. Keep doing it. Had lost its value because I said it so much. And she doubted my sincerity. And I and I have had that over the time. People say to me, you know, it's just, you're just too Pollyannish. Or you're just, you know, that just can't. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, I'm like, yikes. Because that really is, that bubbles up. That's my nature. And so when someone you know, doubts it, then 
I get very kind of like, oh, I don't know what else to be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah, so geared to see that positive why. I don't know why, but that's always what I'm hunting. You know, even if you're doing a terrible job, I'm going to hunt for that one little 30-second period in the day that you did a good thing, and that's what I'm going to focus on because I really believe if I focus on that, it will grow from a manager's standpoint. And I found that doesn't always necessarily work, but it works a lot of the time, you know. But <laughs> but it was very... uh it was very interesting to 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 get that feedback that it was almost too much good. It, mm-hmm. You know, it was right. un unbelievable. Right. So from yeah, from I can and I know people like that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be very curious, and it would be very suspect almost. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like okay, what do you want? Or like you said. It just doesn't mean anything because that's what you say all the time. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm not that good. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I can't hear it from right. you or anybody else. Oh, no, that's an excellent point. If if my celebration of you is met with your own thoughts of self-destructive ideas, then you're going to have to put that wall up. And certainly I do that. You know, you I can say good things about you, but if you start saying good things about me, well, you know, it's my mother's shirt or something. You know what I'm saying? I can't take it in. And if and I and I do believe on some level that we have to be willing to take it in to mm-hmm. be able to really genuinely put it out. So I'm constantly um struggling with that concept and, you know, working at being open, being open, you know, in the little back of my head saying, Say thank you, just say thank you, just let it come in, let it come in, let it, you know, don't cross your arms, don't cross your arms. You know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Just stand Keep breathing. There. Yeah, exactly. Stand there, smile. Make eye contact. That's right. That's right. So, so I tried to consciously let it in because I do think there is a lot to that. If you can't let it in, then you you can't fully express it. So it has to be a circular kind of experience. And um, and the celebration, I have absolutely you know kind of felt sort of irritation with celebration in the past, and those were the times when. I was not celebrating me, and so therefore I have to judge or, you know, take away your good time because, you know, can't you see I'm bleeding? What the hell are you doing over there having a good time? I am bleeding. We need to focus over here. So so I would take away from the celebration because of my own pain, I think. so. And so it's interesting, too, to get out of my own, to get me out of my lack of celebration, to be around celebration, it either will be a, folk, a thermometer to say, boy, I need to get back into my spiritual practice because mm-hmm. I'm resisting this and I'm seeing the bad in it, or, you know, I'm I'm, I'm in line. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm happy for everybody. You're smiling. I am smiling because <laughs> you, you already thought? said that last night was a good celebration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so there you go. Mm-hmm. So my thermometer is okay today. Let's take a moment and pray. (laughs) (laughs) And it is good. That's it. And I wonder, you know, we hadn't talked about spiritual practices last week. I noticed I didn't bring that up. And um, in in, in thinking about celebration in spiritual rituals, Mm -hmm. like you had said, there's always that element, even if there's not dancing afterwards, there is an element, I think, of celebration. But it is curious when you really um, kind of amp up that spiritual practice or that ritual. Well, uh, yes. And, and uh, you know, we have seasonal things. In every mm. spiritual community, there's seasons 
or there are events that become annual events or themes that really are about celebrating. Even if we just did some looked at something as simple as you know many uh, church communities have Women's Day or. Mm-hmm. You know, or Youth Day, Father Sunday, yeah. or you know, where it's it's a ritual acknowledging this special relationship or the contribution that women make to the church or the relationship between father and son or um, you know, and all of that ritual as spiritual practice. It's about building the community. It's mm-hmm. about reinforcing the spiritual messages throughout mm-hmm. the year. And so I don't think, you know, I don't think that that is limited, which usually when we talk about spiritual practices, there are things that anybody can do. It's Mm -hmm. not just one particular faith or religion. And so, yeah, when we have rituals that we put into place in our organizations, in our spiritual communities, I think a lot of that is not to force us to celebrate, but to remind us Mm -hmm. that there is so much to celebrate. So, you know, whether it's summer and winter solstice, you know, from mm-hmm. from that kind of approach to uh, spiritual development and growth, or whether it's Christmas, right, you know, and having an annual Christmas Eve service, that's a ritual to celebrate something that is really important, mm-hmm. this rebirth or this birth of the Christ consciousness or rebirth. And so, yeah, rituals, having them participating in them. Right. Showing up is a huge part of our spiritual practice if we want to live in a spiritually mature way. Yes. And, you know, I had never thought of this as a spiritual practice, but celebrating your accomplishment <laughs> celebrating Ooh. you know someone else's accomplishment acknowledging it, it, it is a spiritual practice i mean i think for me it would it, it has all the elements of a spiritual practice even though i never really considered it because it connects me to the good let's say cuz i i have a i have a thought of course i haven't quite done it yet but I'm writing you a thank you card, Tracy Brown. Oh, good. Just tell me about yeah, it. I don't have the 38 cents on the card. Uh, but I thought about a congratulations card. I figured you'd get a lot of those. Congratulations, you did a great job. And and then I thought, hey, no, I want to thank her for the four years that she put forth. Because that really is what struck me last night with the whole thing, is that y'all made a conscious choice to, to work for four or five years to then turn around and give yourself back to humanity. So that's why I thought I want to thank you for that. Aww. I celebrated, but I want to thank you. And I think that that state of gratitude is also kind of a, a current in the, or, you know, it's a stream in the river of celebration. And what you triggered for me with that, um, just, you know, that celebrating a, a human accomplishment mm-hmm. of, you know, physical uh, you know, it's we chose it and we accomplished it. And I wasn't thinking about the practitioner thing. But just when you said that, what immediately hit for me is, yeah, because what we're, what you're celebrating when someone passes the test, when someone, not this is not practitioner mm-hmm. specific, when somebody graduates 
from high school when somebody gets the promotion, finishes the project, gets the promotion, anything that we have some positive value around on the human in the human experience, we're actually celebrating God. At I like that. And I don't know yes. that, but when you started yes. talking, it's like, well, of course it's a spiritual mm-hmm. practice when we, even a birthday party, when mm-hmm. you know somebody's having a birthday party and we're celebrating their birthday, you know, on, we're thinking about it on a mm-hmm. human plane, but on a spiritual plane, we also could approach that by saying, look what God has done here. Mm-hmm. This person heart is still beating, they have, an, they have completed another year of life, and isn't that fabulous? Mm-hmm. You know, thank you, God's spirit, the life essence, the mm-hmm. essence of life, for showing up in, as, and through this person. So that, I, I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, wow, that mm-hmm. just makes that whole idea of celebration mm-hmm. 50 times bigger in terms of the things that happen in our everyday lives. Yes, and that's what I love about that, is that it is a celebration of the everyday. And and, and it does, when you when I look at it now as a spiritual practice, it does deepen it. It's a richer experience. And if I, again, if I look, there is always something to celebrate in everyone. Every day. Every day. Everyone and every day, Absolutely. yes. Even when you have to look really Even hard. when you have to find that 30-second window and they actually smile at a patient that they've been mean to all day long yeah. back in the hospital days. But yeah. it, it is an interesting thing to Ooh. to sell, you know, to look for that and celebrate it. So I think a good homework assignment might be ah. to, as Reverend Marsha says, look for the good and praise it, but to look or something to celebrate, something or someone yes. every day yes. for the next seven And days. acknowledge it. Acknowledge it and acknowledge them. You know, well, I, yeah, look for it and then and actually, then actually acknowledge it, it yeah. and let them know. Um, I am uh, continually struck when I used to work in hospice and uh, we would help people with the ritual of, you know, clearing out their physical lives mm-hmm. and seeing children get so amazed by their love letters that they found their mom or their dad, you know, and, and these, these handwritten notes, unbelievable impact when children found them. And I'm shocked when I think of today and our emails and our texts and right. our tweeting, you know, it, it goes into the ether. There's nothing right. to hold on to. So... You know, I'm going to add to that to that homework. Actually, write a little note. You know, on a sticky pad. Maybe I I used to always carry little post-it notes, and I would stick little post-it notes around in different people's workspaces with you know something that I had seen them do that was positive, and put a smile in. You know, and that that takes a life. And I was shocked to see people would save those little post-it notes for you know months. You know, and I think we so rarely get anything handwritten. Exactly. So that would be another challenge for the you know to to acknowledge it in something in a form that that person could then look at. I mean, how many times have I gone back into my box and looked at you know when I need to remember and Mm -hmm. I have forgotten. It's like oh yeah, that day I was yeah. It's possible because that day (laughs) I was like on my on my game here. Yeah, I I love I love that. I do love that. 
Yeah, that acknowledging it is huge. And mm-hmm. and I just want to go on record that you are now you are not off the hook for writing. <laughs> See now I have to. Really, that could be my homework. I could I could have, I could accomplish my homework by putting that yeah. in writing. It yes, was very yes. it was very touching to yes. hear it verbally. Yes, yes. But I wanted it in yes. writing. <laughs> and you deserve it in writing after all that. Yes, by I golly. do. Yes, you yes, do. I do. I want it. I deserve it. And I will gladly and humbly accept. <laughs> Isn't that good? Another thing I think that's interesting is we we tend to poo-poo. That's I love. I've said that word on the radio, but we tend to downplay people that get excited and accept excited for themselves. We're like, oh, what an ego, or oh, I'll never forget my my hero Oprah. Um, her last show is a show all about what she had learned and what was meaningful to her, mm-hmm. and it was the most powerful. You know, as I was sitting there listening, I was like, oh yes. Oh yes, you know everything she said. I just connected with is truth, truth, truth. And then, like two or three days later, I was listening to a radio show, and they were saying, "What an egocentric woman she was. She just talked for an hour just about herself, and who does she think she was to be so powerful and so good?" And I'm like, "Oh my goodness, that's what you got out of it? Yeah, you know, right, so we don't. Right. Someone that has you know attained some level of something and then is sharing here." We want to. I, I, I was really trying to grasp as I was changing my channel and deleting them from my radio station callers. Yeah, you know, like I will not ever listen to you again. I'll punish you. But you know, it was interesting. I mean, they really wanted to bring her down for celebrating what I saw was all of us, not just her. You right. know, but they certainly identified it as her being egocentric or self-centered. And wow, you know, we really. And I think there was such a level of. That in our American culture that I don't know that exactly exists in other cultures, but we don't we don't celebrate your success because then you know I'm in competition with you. Exactly, and that that whole um, there is a big a big part of our culture that is yeah, and I think you got the word right that puts us in competition with one another, and so a lot of people the fear of success. It's not so much about making more money. It's about I'll lose my friends because they will think I think I'm. They will think mm. I think I am better than them because I'm. I've had so much success. Mm. When what I'd like to believe is my friends, if I'm having a huge success, would be happy for me because they know I've worked for it. I earn. I I deserve it. I've earned it. I deserve it. And how cool is that mm-hmm. to see the magic happen mm-hmm. in someone's mm-hmm. life and mm-hmm. you actually know them? Right. right, right. You know? But society-wise, culture-wise, I think we do have more of a, a predominance of, oh, I should only do so well. Right. Because if I do more than that, if I do better than that, mm-hmm. others will think. Here's what I, we make up a story about what others are going to think. Others are going to think whatever they think. What does that have to do with me? But I'm not immune to that. I mean, I'm really clear. I know for me there have been lots of times in my life. You know, there have been times when I'm like, no, this is the direction I'm going. I know that's what's right for me and, you know, get over it. But there have been lots of other times when it's like, yeah, I think I want to do that, but it would change my life so significantly. Mm. And then, you know, what would my friends think? Right. Right, who would celebrate? Will, will I lose my friends mm-hmm. because, 
you know, like, okay, well, maybe they're supposed to fall away and you're supposed to have new friends, but the idea of, well, I lose my friends, you know, okay, I just won't do that. Yeah, I just won't take that take that risk. And, and if we walked around and celebrated each other and acknowledged each other, <laughs> it, it really would, I think, shift shift us because there's such a, a, a drag and energy to the story and the competition and yeah. all of that. It, it is it is stifling. And that's another word that I would use um, for last night is it was, you know, it was so affirming the energy. Oh, I thought you were going to use stifling. stifling. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah, good point. Um, you know, it was the opposite of stifling, but it was so the energy was left all who there went there lighter, and I think energetically, even if even if people don't know it, I, I believe we experience it mm-hmm. on some level, and people say they're happy or you know I'm feeling you know whatever, and sometimes you think it's the the wine, but uh, you know there 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 is when you're around that energy, it positively affects us, and um, to to really acknowledge that and to live in it every day in the things that we do that are more routine mm-hmm. is really kind of that that could become a spiritual practice. So then I like that homework to look for that to look for something to celebrate during the week. And now the classic thing of uh, that I always hate is when we we go to funerals and we celebrate their life. Can I just say that aloud? I just hate that. Don't ever do that for me. Don't celebrate my life when I'm dead. <laughs> I want you to celebrate it when I'm alive. But just, I think that's always so funny. It's just such a such a contrary thing to me when I'm sitting in a funeral and somebody up there says, we are here to celebrate. Sally says, I'm like, well, Sally Sue's gone. <laughs> that's not much. You know, we're not doing it for Sally Sue. Does that make sense to all of you? I'm just I've just been to so many funerals and it seems to be, you know, that was a theme. Well, I would rather you celebrate the life that I experienced and the life that I shared with you than to mourn the death. Oh, is that my other choice? I mean, that's why I'm listening to see where you... Right, because I think I grew up, for sure, attending funerals where, you know, there was so much energy on being sad and Mm. on mourning... Mm -hmm. And on the pain mm. that this person's death now has placed in oh my God. my life. Okay. So, um, so celebrating this person's life, their experience on earth, and the joy and the happy memories or the learning that I got from this person mm-hmm. for me feels really good. So I was just listening right. to see where you were going so and you're... what the alternative would be. <laughs> Morning. Well, I, I guess I'm thinking the alternative is to, uh, uh, well, I guess you're saying you're celebrating the person's life on on each individual person that knew them. And it, the impact they may have had in the physical human world mm-hmm. while they were having a human experience. Because it is kind of, if you, if, if you truly believe in in immortality of the life experience, mm-hmm and that there is no birth and there is no death, the soul just simply changes form. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, when I die, physically I'm not dead because 
the essence of who I am is now just taken another form. Right. And so, so when we say that, you know this person has passed and and we are celebrating her life, we say that as if it's a the human life is the only life, mm-hmm. and here are the boundaries around that. So, yeah, I guess in my mind, I do a translation. In my mind, just mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about this in a long time, but, I mean, my stepmother died three weeks ago. So, you know, I, I yeah, was just automatically, consistently during the transition that she is dead in this human form, that she is always alive, and I am still just as connected to her right. as I was when she was on earth in physical form. So I can celebrate the life that she had in human form. But I, it's funny, I just, in my mm-hmm. head, I guess mm-hmm. automatically add that. And that's what makes it okay for me. I gotcha. And maybe maybe my thinking is that we we reserve, we right. reserve funerals to celebrate someone's life. When they should mm-hmm. have known we appreciated right. them all along. Right, and right. I'm totally with you on that because... Um, there have been some people who have been pretty upset with me over the years because I would not attend the funeral of a relative or I would not attend the funeral of someone, you know, who I knew but didn't necessarily, you know, know closely. And a lot of that, for me, from my perspective was if I didn't go visit this person when they were alive, if I didn't call this person when they were alive, it's somebody I know, mm-hmm. you know, I met, maybe a business connection or a family member who, yeah, I, you know, knew when I was growing up. But we, as an adult, we never had, you know, any conversation. I wasn't celebrating who they were in when they were alive. Life. Yeah, and so I'm not going to go to their funeral. Either, right. not because I didn't like them, but because we didn't really have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and so I think that's how that plays out for me, that I don't go to, unless I have some connection. So like in our spiritual community, if someone passes, I will more likely, well, now I will go as a practitioner to be there to be of service if there are people who are distraught or upset and need someone to talk to or someone to remind them of eternality and immortality, and I'd be glad to do that. But also, I noticed in the last couple of years, I'll go to pe- to services for people I don't really know that well, or someone in the community whose family member has passed and they, you know, are having a service at our center, because I know that the loss of that one life in human form, affects the energy of the center, of the whole community, of you and of me, even if we didn't know that person individually. Mm -hmm. Um, But but then the connection is we are a community all of one mind kind of thing. So, yeah. It's a curious thing, funeral. And that's a a, very common word used at funerals. It is. That's why I wanted to bring it up of. in terms of celebration. We are celebrating the life of. But I, I'm totally in agreement with you. Celebrate the life of oh, the I'm people here. you care about <laughs> while they are accessible to you and 
physical human, human form. form. Human form. And let them know that you celebrate mm-hmm. who they are and who they are becoming mm-hmm. because you never know if today or tomorrow's the right. next day. Right. And isn't it interesting how that word celebrate, you know, what is that song? I can't sing, so I'm not going to sing it, but celebrate, celebrate good times. Mm-hmm. You know that song. Mm-hmm. That's a classic, like dance song. Mm-hmm. Like if you're at like a, a high school reunion or you're at some yeah. sort of family reunion, that is a classic or a wedding or something like that. Is a song that when you see it, even Everybody. people without rhythm mm-hmm. are out there doing something, jumping, jumping their body jumping in some man. ways, right, right, right. And and the words and the tune just almost give you that shot of adrenaline. Celebrate good times. So. Come on. Yeah, yes, it's encouraging. Come on, come on. Come on. What's wrong with you? Come on. And I really think that's the attitude that I want to have all the time. And I think when we think about spiritual practices, I keep coming back. I'm going to walk on water one day in the human form. You're going to laugh. It's possible. The mystical, magical experience in the human flesh is possible. And you're going to have it. And I'm going to have it. I am working towards it. And uh, the, the the but having that celebratory, if you can even, if I can even play that in my head, just hearing those words or that song, just now it kicked my energy up a little bit. And and I think there are through spiritual practices, through making choices to to say yes to spirit, you know, those kick up my energy a little bit. And that celebratory experience not just reserved for big major events, but everyday kind of experiences. And meeting, uh, as they said last night, you know, you're now charged with, you have now been, you know, slapped mm-hmm. on the head to say you've got to bring heaven to hell. Well, we all can bring heaven to hell. You know, that would be um, an opportunity regardless of the circumstance, to see the good, to find a celebration. And it's so fascinating to me. I've, <laughs> on and off I listen to the Christian uh, XM radio uh, station, and I really enjoy most of the music, and I translate it pretty easily from you know, a rigid Christian kind of thing to a spiritual kind of inclusive talk. But a lot of the songs recently I've noticed have trended with this theme of God speaks to me through hard times. That maybe I have to be knocked down in right. order for God right. to hear God's voice. Right. It has to be some pain. Yes, yes. And I think that's so fascinating because I think as a culture, many yes. times our music reflects what we're experiencing as a yes. culture, and we try to explain <coughs> away. And good heavens, you know, my sister lives in Washington, D.C., and within a seven-day period, they're going to have an earthquake and a hurricane. I mean, <laughs> if I believe in Revelation, I mean, this is biblical. You know, there's a lot of things happening, and I think we want to explain, oh, well, that's, we're going to hear God's voice through the tears. Right. And I guess I don't really think we're going to hear God's voice through the tears, but we have an opportunity to celebrate in the tears. We have an opportunity to not lose sight of what we already know. Mm -hmm. I don't think God's out there creating this negative spiral in order to lift me up. I think this negative spiral becomes an opportunity for me to choose celebration or choose desperation. And then based on my choice, you know, I get more of one or the other. I agree with you, and I do believe that 
because culturally, mm-hmm. in our race consciousness as a human race, that, you know, we do, and then nationally as well, but we do have this belief that, you know, number one, that we have to have pain and disruption in order to learn a lesson. And so we get pain and disruption because that's what we've ordered. We've placed the order saying, oh, well, when things get bad enough, then I'll change them. Mm-hmm. You know, when someone's an alcoholic or an addict and they hit rock, we talk about the right. rock bottom, it's like, oh, okay, now I really have to make a conscious choice. Well, if that is number if, if zero is neutral and that's ten below, but we want to live a life that's ten above, well, it, the idea that I have to hit ten below and then start moving up to neutral <laughs> so then I can go. It's like, no, you know, you could be at one above and you could choose right. to go to five. Right. Or you could be at one below mm-hmm. and say, oh, wait, let me notice here what's going on. This is not God showing up. In, this is not me allowing God to show up in my life. Let me make a different choice mm-hmm. and move mm-hmm. right back up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I think you're, I think that what that generated for me was that reminder that if I am celebrating simply what is available to me right here, right now, mm-hmm. because the experience of God is available to me at every moment, right right here, right now, and so if I choose that and celebrate how it's showing up in my life, mm-hmm. then I'm going to have more of that. Yes. And that acknowledgement, there is light and it is good. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is really like the ultimate beginning of celebration, acknowledging the good. It is good. So I know our time is winding down, but there was an idea that came to me somewhere in the last 15 minutes, and I don't remember what you or I said uh-huh. that triggered it. I want to take credit for it. Okay. Then you, something you said that was uh-huh. very profound Thank you. and Thank wise you. Yes, triggered yes, yes. this for me. Um, you know, at our particular center, we actually call our Sunday service a celebration service. Yes. Love that. And I know in other faith traditions and in other uh, spiritual centers that is also done. I, I don't think it's, I know it's not just unique to our center. But it just dawned on me that, of course, it's our opportunity to celebrate the good mm-hmm. that is not just that has happened, but the good that is possible. Mm. The mm. good that we have experienced and the good that we will, ex- that we expect to experience in the coming week. But we come together on Sunday to all together mm. celebrate mm-hmm. the the awareness that we have of God, the experience that we have of God, and the potential we mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. through God. That's good. That would make a good Sunday job. <laughs> As you move on forward in your path, ministerial school. No. Uh, but, uh, you no. heard it here first. Not, but not, not, no, we're not uh, yeah. uh-huh. so Let's get yeah. about that. Not uh-huh. that's not on the current path. Uh, so I get that. I get that. But so there are all kinds think, of reasons to do Sunday uh-huh. talks without being a, a minister. minister. Yeah, and that is so true. And I think many times that is one of the spiritual practices of having a community, whether it be somewhere you can physically go if you're out in the country and don't have a church to go to, you know, and you have internet access to be listening to us, you can get into, hook into a community via the internet. But it is, it is that celebration 
is like a shot of adrenaline. And it's curious to me, a lot of the churches, different faiths, have like a Wednesday night service or a Thursday night service. And I think I know, I've always thought that's kind of a, a, a opportunity to get a booster shot. Because right. you kind of get that jolt on Sunday and then it kind of starts to fade. And then if you get back in, hook back in to that positive community, that celebratory experience, acknowledging the good, then you get that booster shot in the middle of the week to keep you going until you get back to Sunday. Exactly. And I can absolutely tell the difference in my ability to be focused on the positive and to see the good when I don't attend some sort of community experience. And I need it, you know, three, four, five times a week. And, you know, for me, for 25 years, I really had the individual experience down because when I tried to do celebration of, of this, in, of spirituality in community, mm-hmm. I was unable to find a community that 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 worked for me. Oh wow! And um, you know, there was an intellectual community that the intellectual part was fed, but not the emotional or physical. And there was a community. There were communities where the emotional, you know, through the music or the energy level, emotionally I felt fulfilled, but intellectually the theology was all wrong. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, really for 25 years, and, and I didn't worry about that. It was fine. I was deepening and it was great. Uh, so it's been a real interesting experience now being a part of worshiping in community mm-hmm. and really relearning what that's like and loving it, learning to love it again. Because a few years ago it was kind of like, okay, you all are irritating me. <laughs> I could go deeper, faster if I, uh-huh. like in a meditation, uh-huh. I could go deeper and faster if I was by myself. <laughs> and now it's like a both and. I, uh-huh. I love both. So remind us of our homework is to seek out, to look for something or someone to celebrate each day. There you go, each day. And I think that's Part the key. One. Uh-huh. And then to acknowledge to write it. an acknowledgement. Yes. Write it down for at least one person. Yes, for at least one person. I think that's huge. Very cool. I'm going to do that. So our time is, is really up, and we're glad you joined us. And we hope that during the next week you will say, say yes to the spirit. spirit. Alexa, play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.